0: Life at Work.
1: Welcome to Life at Work. This is where we'll talk about trends and things to do with life at work hybrid working, intergenerational conflict, culture, inclusivity, and perhaps even touchy subjects you and I often wonder about but are too embarrassed to ask. So, recently we heard about Narayana Murthy, the co founder of IT consulting firm Infosys, asking young people in India to work 70 hours a week. That's about 14 hours a day, based on a five-day work week, to help boost the country's economy. Of course, that remark sparked a huge debate over working hours on social media. Truth to be told, he's probably not the only one who thinks people should be working most of the time, with some having the belief that there is no such thing as work-life balance. So just how many hours in a week should we really be working and are the attitudes towards this more to do with us being in a particular generation? Let's talk about it with Dr. Paul Lim from the Singapore Management University's Lee Kong Chien School of Business. Paul, welcome. Hi. Now, we have baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, all sorts of names for different generations. Does the answer to that depend on when you were born?
2: Well, thanks, Lin, for having me on this, uh, this mm-hmm. show or this podcast. Well, this is a very contentious topic, right? (laughs) Because people who are born 1965 to 1980, the Gen X, they would say that, hey, we've been through tough times. Mm. Uh, Like the baby boomers who just came out of the world war, they would say that, hey, you know, you need to push at it. Just um, take the first job you have. And, you know, if your boss is nasty with you, just deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So so that's the context. But I think uh, with the younger generation today, it's a very different context. Mm-hmm. So I think our we are influenced by historical perspectives, um, our life experiences, and, and therefore we find this tension between the generations with uh, work-life balance. I mean, the the initial term we used was work-life balance. Now there's this thing called work-life integration, where some people believe that it shouldn't be a balance, but it should be, you know, weaved into, you know, life and work and play. And so now you have... Uh, workplaces which you can eat there, you can even sleep there. Mm. And so life and work and play is all meshed into one and becomes a bit confusing. Um, I have this particular former student who tried this concept and lived uh, within the central business district uh, with the promise by the developer that you can work, live and play there and it was very confusing for her because she didn't know where work began and where uh, life started.
1: Oh, that's interesting because... I would think it's the perfect job, isn't it? To, to you would be think able so, to right? do everything, yeah.
2: You would think so, but I think you need very strong boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. If and we see this during the, you know, a lot of Zoom work when it was during the COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, work and life, uh, or you're more like your bed, right? <laughs> it's, it's just next to one another. I mean, my computer was next to my bed, and I had to decide: okay, uh, do I work some more, or do I take a break, or do I extend my break? Or do I work now? So, so these are the decisions you have to make. And I think a lot of people don't really know how to make those decisions. And a lot of times, it's a matter of what they feel in the moment.
1: You know, I, I read about uh, the novelist Danielle Steele
2: mm, having written mm. no
1: fewer than 190 books and releasing them at the rate of seven a year at one time. And apparently, she was working at least 20 hours a day. So, so what do you make of that? Should we be thinking about work in a different way?
2: Uh, well, I mean, Danielle Steele, <laughs> I mean, she has talent, she has passion, and, you know, she, she's able to do that. And she finds that, you know, this is perfectly fine for me. Uh, but I think when, let's say, the employer, right, hires someone and says that this is something that I believe in and you must follow, uh, they must realize that you must hire a group of people that really buys into what they believe in,
0: mm.
2: right? Because if, if you promise all the good things about the company and then especially with the new generation coming on board and they suddenly realize that this is not what I signed up for,
0: mm. you're going to
2: have a real tough time to, to bring it on board. So I, I think there's a lot of uh, the need in that onboarding process, the assimilation or the education of uh, what is work-life or work-life balance or integration within this organization, and then set it out very clearly during uh, the interview, the recruitment process. Because it's, I, I get it, the talent crunch is real. Companies want the best people. They don't want to you know, maybe uh, say so much in case they scare away the potential uh, candidates. But mm-hmm. I, I think in the interest of the company, they have to set out very clearly what the expectations are and, and what, what is it like. You know? For example, oh, we, we play at work, all right? But mm-hmm. after we play at work, we come back to work. And expect to go back at midnight.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And if that's okay with you, that's fine. And everyone has a different context. Uh, everyone has a different idea of what work life is to them. So as long as the recruiters or the, the companies make it clear up front, um, and, and then if they find that everyone is turned away after you know being so open and transparent about it, then should they tweak uh, what they believe in to be true? Because otherwise no one's going to work for them. Do
1: you think regulations at work should be led by, you know, the majority of whoever is in in that particular company, you know, boomers' rules? You know, should there be a different way of thinking about this?
2: That's that's a really good question. Um, Not too long ago, I heard of an institution. Um, I I won't say which one, but uh, they gave an ultimatum to say everyone must come back to work. Right, mm-hmm. Because I think since the COVID, there was this work-from-home thing. And I think a lot of companies are still having this work-from-home arrangement, I think two days a week, that kind of arrangement. So this particular institution said, we want everyone to come back to work. No, nego- no It's non-negotiable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a huge number of their staff decided to walk.
0: Mm. Wow. And,
2: and that caused a lot of operational challenges for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as a result, there was a lot of uh, service gaps uh, due to this ultimatum. Uh, I haven't followed up with the institution. I'm not sure how they have you know, done service recovery and that kind of challenge, but um, it's real. Uh, companies, organizations have to realize that people find it very hard to change away from you know, the COVID situation of the work from mm-hmm. home. So if you take this as a point of reference, I think companies have to listen in and yet at the same time not compromise their business interests.
1: So what would be that compromise? What would that compromise look like?
2: Wow, I mean, you see, if you work uh, three, what was it, three days Mm -hmm. at the workplace and two days from home to make it very, um, what's the word to use? I mean, to make it so definitive and Mm -hmm. say that this Mm -hmm. is a non-negotiable deadline. I think um, people have to realize that people take it hard. I mean, people find it hard to change. So there needs to be a transitional period, Mm. right? Um, Will full- five-day work week go back in fashion, I think that's something we have to see. I know some companies have decided we have to go this way. It's it's, it's, it's uh, something in our business interest, mm-hmm. uh, but they must then be prepared for the backlash because people are still so used to the past way of working.
1: Your recent interests lie in mentoring millennial leaders, Gen Y and multi-generational leadership. Tell us more about that. What do you find is the biggest conflict when it comes to different generations working with one another?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of communication. Um, I think each generation feels that uh, the next generational cohort doesn't understand their experiences, uh, what they are going through. And, and that, that is very valid, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, someone living or, or in the 20s today will never know what someone in the 50s or 60s have gone through. Mm-hmm. And likewise, vice versa. Um, I started this research because way back then, it was an industry. My friends were, well, not too kind to the younger folks at the time who were the millennials. Mm-hmm. And I said that, hey, let's, instead of being against them, let's find out more. And so I started this journey to try and understand. And I realized that when we start to reach across the divide, across the uh, generational cohorts, and we start to understand one another and listen into what one another is saying, we're all pretty much the same.
0: Mm, Why
1: do you say that?
2: Because we all have the similar aspirations. It's just that it is exhibited in different ways. Uh, We know that with the young people now, a lot of uh, emphasis on self-care, right? Uh, How to look after themselves. They want uh, colleagues, uh, work environments, bosses that acknowledge that self-care is important and give them time for self-care. So you hear things like mental health days. Mm. Which which if you talk to the baby boomers, they will go, What mental health days? You know, if you have a bad day, you just survive to the end of the day. Mm. Right? From the employee point of view, mental health days is going to eat into the cost. Right? Because it's an additional day off when they're paid.
1: Too true, yes.
2: Right. So <laughs> so this is not the conundrum because the young people are saying we want days off because I don't feel very good about mental health days. And even with the young people now, you also hear things like, um, can I claim bereavement leave (laughs) if my pet passes away? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a real thing because to them, the pet is very real. But if you talk to a boomer, a baby boomer, right, who is in uh, HR and a director of HR, they're like, this is ridiculous, I've never heard of such a thing before. (laughs) Right. So so there needs to be an understanding on both sides and where they're coming from. And businesses must have a right to continue their businesses Right, because that's what they do, at the same time to acknowledge that things are changing. So if you think about it, they all want that kind of uh, sense of belonging. They want to uh, enjoy time to themselves, which is very human, isn't it?
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. So how many sure. hours do you think, how many hours in a week do you think we should really be working?
2: Oh, wow, well, it depends on industry, doesn't it? <laughs> and,
1: and should we even be defining that?
2: Ah, oh, I mean... It's something that people want to measure, mm. right? And with measures comes standard and standard uh, provide a context and point of reference for people. If we become too flexible,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's very hard to you know, measure like, okay, so do I pay you based on the number of hours worked or do I pay on the amount of work that you churn out? And once again, that question is also dependent on the industry. And you may be churning out, let's say, only two hours worth of work, but it's very intense work. And it's very complex work. So I believe that some standards still must be adhered to. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: within those standards and those measures, there should be some room for flexibility. I I believe that employees are really finding it tough to find the right people. I Mm -hmm. hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it's been for some time already. Uh, To the maybe the the Gen X and the baby boomers, I would say, take it easy. Uh, You have worked so hard for so many years of your life. Mm. You need to focus a little bit on your own health, uh, mental health also, and just take time to smell the roses. All right? it's, it's easy to be intense and forget the uh, mm. the, the, the important things in life. All right. uh, for the younger people, uh, know that you know, employees need to you know, earn money and they earn money to pay you. <laughs> so self-care is important, but try and find that, that, that sweet spot on how how much you should give to your employer and how much you should look after yourself.
1: Do you think you have a good work-life balance at the moment?
2: I like what I do. I like (laughs) what I do.
1: (laughs) Okay, on that note, Paul, thanks very much for speaking with me. Dr. Paul Lim, Senior Lecturer in the area of Organisational Behaviour and Human Resources at the Singapore Management University. Thank you, Lin. Thank you.
2: Night Tracks with Lin Lee.